Donovan Dooley, who goes by Donnie, is a quarterback coach. He runs uh, an organization called Quarterback University out of Detroit. I spoke with him on the podcast, Sport and the Growing Good, and learned a little bit about um, the work he does, which is interesting because, as we talked about in the interview, um, it's not unique to football, this kind of private, specialized coaching um, that he does. So we see this in in baseball and soccer and basketball and just about any sport, volleyball, um, where kids can go outside of their team and get a private coach. And that's what he does. He coaches quarterbacks. Um, He grew up being coached at a young age by, he he talks about some mentors who taught him the game and then um, all the way up through the college level, he um, discusses the impact that some of those early coaches had on him. All of us who want to go into coaching, who are interested in coaching, um, need to increasingly be aware of and sometimes work with coaches who are operating outside of our teams. Um, It's becoming a more and more common um, practice for kids to go get specialized training. So it's good to hear insights from a coach like Coach Dooley. Um, He's an early riser. We did this interview at 6 a.m., and he was getting going for his day, ready to go. So thanks, Coach Dooley, for joining us. Uh, I learned a lot and appreciate you joining us on Sport and the Growing Good. Turning 14 
years old, and I, and I played at St. Martin Ports High School. So that's where I kind of, you know, understand as far as the love of the game. Playing in Detroit, um, can you talk a little bit about that, about football in Detroit when you were growing up and what it was like? Also, playing football in Detroit, you know, everybody looks at it as a way of life, you know, a, a way out, you know, and you hear that uh, cliche often. Um, it's a different hunger in the city of Detroit. You know, kids, we always talk, preach academics, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you hear kids that say, hey, coach, you know, I want to be an NFL. I want to I make it to the league. And, and I was one of those kids as well. You know, everybody wanted to make it to the league. And then, you know, it always uh, kind of touches me when teachers or, or a mentor say, hey, you know, less than 1%, make it, you know, uh, it's a far shot. And, and that may be true. But I've had kids look me dead in the eye and say, I am that 1%. And they do make it. You know, so it does happen. Um, obviously, it's far in between. But that's just been the mentality. Uh, that's why, you know, you say build Detroit tough. Um, it's totally different. Uh, kids are, are more hardened. Um, you, you see in the inner city kids that was on our team, that was in our organization, um, you know, the only meal they got was, you know, the meal that we gave them after after practice that my parents were providing and along with the other volunteers that were providing for them. Um, it was a meals, the program's called Meals on Wheels as well. Just providing meals for kids. Um, and, and this for that two to three hours just kept them out of trouble. As you know, the inner city of Detroit has got its issues and it's got its good as well. But you know, the program definitely uh, was was um, it was a eye opening experience for me as a kid. I grew up on the east side of Detroit, then moved to the west side of Detroit um, in Rosedale Park. Um, my parents kept the program on the east side because that's where they're from. They're from Jeffrey Parsons, and uh, it definitely helped me uh, mold me into who I am today. I'm gonna s- skip over a lot. Of you've done so many things, but I want to skip over a, a lot to kind of get to what it is that you do, Donnie. Yeah. Can, can you can you describe it a bit about? I know you played in college and you you had a career, and, and maybe could yeah. you start with why did you go the route of um, quarterback right. university as opposed to like going and being a college coach? Okay, um, so uh, and it started with Detroit Pal. Okay, so in Detroit Pal. I started uh, Corinth University in 2010, okay, um, at, in, in the study of, of 2010, it, at that time, it had only been, you know, uh, 18 quarterbacks from Detroit Pal to go on to play uh, quarterback at, at the collegiate level, and that was problematic, right? So you have all these kids, and, and Pal has been around for over 40-plus years, 50 years, and to only have 18 quarterbacks to go on was alarming to me. Um, and I was one of those kids that was fortunate enough to have a quarterback instructor or quarterback coaches uh, when I was growing up just cause, because that's what I had on my team. That's what my dad had hired as volunteers. And I was blessed. Um, so, so as I looked at that and I started looking around, I said, you know, most times an inner city black quarterback, what happens is they go to college and then they switch to receiver. And I, I was looking at it like, okay, why is this? And it wasn't because they didn't have the, the arm talent. It wasn't because they didn't have pocket presses. Because they, they a lot of them um, merely didn't understand coverage, didn't understand what cover zero through cover six was, alignment, pre-snap, post-snap, understanding protection, um, and side adjustment. So they never understood that language because it was foreign to them, and they were just out there making plays. So I started quarterback university. I built a, a program, a curriculum for kids, um, started in the inner city of Detroit. Uh, I started with literally 
Um, you know, Sam Johnson's at Boston College. I was training him since he was eight years old. Uh, Dewan Johnson, I mean, sorry, De- Dewan Mathis, who's uh, currently um, at uh, uh, Georgia. Um, and those were two kids that were young at, at the time that I was working with um, that went on uh, and to play, you know, big time college football. Then I had, you know, others obviously was playing Division One, AA, Division One. And that program, I was grew from two kids to now we serve over 186 kids uh, across the state of Michigan right now in terms of quarterbacks, um, and, it's, and it's grown from there. So can you can you go through a little bit? Say even with a couple of those guys, um, Sam Samuel and Duan. Um, there's a, there's a you you mentioned kind of reading the field and being kind of the, some of the mental the mental and kind of cognitive side of the game. Um, yes. So there's there's technical development. Is there also a relationship aspect of this? When you say relationship in regards to just the personal relationship between me and the, me and them, or personal well, relationship to whom? I guess I mean it in a, a few a few ways. When I when I really think about it, one one would be, can you talk about the nature of your relationship with them? Do you view yourself as as a, just a coach or as a mentor? Um, how do you how do you view your relationship with them? And then, um, I'll just say one other w- way I was thinking about that was: Are they in relationship with each other as they're training, and um, what do those social connections look like? Okay, definitely. I, I think it's an all inclusive approach for me. Uh, when when you get me as a coach, you get a mentor, um, you get a friend, um, you get a coach, um, and you get someone that's going to be your biggest fan, but also your biggest critic. And, and, and when it comes to um, those two, uh, definitely just teaching them the X and O's from, from ground up and hold and share accountability, um, being able to speak the language, um, you know, being able to get out your comfort zone. And I, and I talk, talk about being an alpha male in the room. Um, you know, when you come in, you got to be able to get on the board. It's five phases of football. I say you, you have to be able to speak the foreign language. You got to be able to write it on the board. You be, have to be able to watch it during the game. You have to be able to process it during the game, and then when coaches wrong, you got to be able to make them right on the field. And ultimately, that comes with 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 that board work, the film work, the film study, a uh, body language. And Sam and Dewan were definitely just dialed in. They wanted to do it. Um, they loved it. Um, and it's still between liking and loving the game. Um, but they were they were ultra competitors. Right? They competed every day when they were on the field with each other. One's a dual threat. One's a pocket passer. So that's kind of how it worked out. But um, you know, they, they definitely dial that in. And I, I think in terms of their relationship, they still talk today when they, when they come back home. Um, they still work out together, um, high-five each other. Um, obviously, they're, 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 again, still competing. Um, they have aspirations to make it to the NFL and whatnot. But, but definitely, uh, it still holds true today. So much of, of being successful in football is being a teammate. In other words, you get onto this team in college where there's 100 guys. Um, is there any aspect of this that that prepares them? I, I heard you say this idea of becoming the alpha alpha in the room. Is there an aspect yes. of this that prepare, prepares them to be a, a teammate? Correct, uh, definitely so. So I, I I speak truth to all my guys, right, and and I let them know because a lot of times, you know, with the, with kids that that go off to be considered big time and whatnot, they're used to being the starter, you know, their whole life ever since they were in childhood days, right. So when you go to college, it's like I always my one of my favorite sayings is, "What are you gonna do when you meet you?" 
And I'm saying it again. <laughs> what are you going to do when you meet you? Another guy just like you, big as you, tall as you, a little smarter than you, or maybe a little bit older than you. And that's what you see in college. So I talked to them about how to be a good teammate, how to how to take someone's weakness and make it a strength of yours, how to how to take someone's strength and make it a strength of yours. So you always can pull something from, from anyone. And, and that's one of my beliefs. And I coach them up that way um, during our uh, group settings as well. This in this uh, field that you're in of private coaching, or I, maybe that's not the way it's ter- termed, but um, it's, it seems like it's growing not just in football, but in you know whether it's strength and speed training or yes. in other sports, um, you know, in baseball, pitching coaches, and all you know, just you name the sport. There are there's there's people there who can help kids develop when you look across when you look across kind of the landscape of that industry are there aspects of it that you are concerned about definitely definitely um the aspects i'm concerned about the private uh coaching um or the private sector in terms of quarterback coaching um is the parents um i've seen the good the bad the ugly man you know uh traveling the world uh you see parents that are are willing to sacrifice it all for their kids, and I totally understand. Um, but a lot of overbearing parents, some of them, um, I've, I've been in sessions where, you know, I've, I've had parents tell a kid, hey, you won't eat if you don't make this throw, if you don't compete, if you're, you know, uh, talking about other kids on other, uh, on their own teams to the to the child during the sessions. If you want to beat them out, you got to be, you know, and it's more so, um, it becomes their dream more so than their kids. Um, and, and I see that all across the world. Uh, you know, I had the same. Like, I, I think quarterback dads, and, and I say this uh, jokingly, but in a serious way as well. I think quarterback dads are the most interesting people in the world. Um, just how that mind works, uh, how it's all a nothing approach. Um, and I always tell my guys, "What are you going to do when the, when the lights cut off? When when there's football's over? Whether you make it to the NFL or not." Football's going to end one day. And uh, I try to keep that approach with the kids. I try to keep it fun. But also, I do understand they're coming to me for a reason. They, they want to go and play college, you know, and go to school for free um, a lot of times. And, and um, I don't promise anybody anything. I just promise you that you're going to be better when you leave than, than you came. But ultimately, uh, quarterback dads are, uh, uh, and, and quarterback moms are changing the landscape of their homes. I've seen I've seen homes break up over this, you know, whether it can be from a financial regard, it can be from a, uh, you know, it's, it's too much pressure. I've seen kids quit, um, you know, and so, so my approach to this, I've seen the, like I said, I've seen it all. Um, I, I, I try to advise the parents on how to deal with quarterbacks and it's a, it's a delicate thing that you have to deal with. Do you have certain cues that, indicate to you that maybe a parent has gone from supportive to overbearing? I do, but I don't know how that, how that would... Uh, <laughs> you know, one, one thing I would I could maybe follow it up is you notice even on social media, parents who become kind of the biggest PR people for their kids. Is, is, that, is that an issue that is... What do you think about that? So I deal with uh, their parents control their Twitter 
and their social media. So they're the ones putting the videos out, you know, promoting their kids. Um, and, and I think I, at first I, I thought it was problematic, but now I say, you know, you got to deal with the times, right? You know, it is what it is. Uh, social media is where it's at. Um, that's how the world's working right now. Uh, that's where the parents are. That's where coaches are. As you see today during this pandemic, coaches are networking with kids all through social media because it's the only thing they can do through Zoom, through Instagram, uh, direct message through Twitter. So, so that's the way, um, you know, it's okay. I, I, I would rather them do, I, I would rather see kids doing something active and getting outdoors and, and, and doing something versus just standing in the house and playing Fortnite or doing something. So I, I, it's fine with me. How about access? Are there, are there kids who are say in the, in the police athletic league who are high talent, but don't have the resources to do private training and how how do they get brought into the fold definitely good great question so so um as as i began to um expand and travel the world obviously um this is how i provide for my entire family um so the price point was a little different and, and it's it wasn't um attractive to the inner city anymore right so what i did was i subsidized my cost for inner city families right so i i um literally um lower the cost but the family either has to work at a camp or or provide it i just want some skin in the game um it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be from a financial regard from the family um from the mom dad um i want to pay something um but and we kind of i kind of worked that out based on um if they're say they're feeding families for uh, at camps or or are they doing some registration or something and i don't want to demean anyone um but my biggest thing is um the world isn't free man you know, and I had to learn that early uh, when I was growing up, you know, um, and I always believe if something's free, it's a catch to it. Um, and I try to uh, instill it in my kids um, and a lot of the kids that I train from the inner city. So I never turn down a kid um, because of, of money. I always try to make a way. Donnie, what is the nature of your relationship with your students, high school coaches? So my relationship with coaches um, I try to uh, bridge that gap. Um, at first, it, it, it started off a little sticky uh, across the, uh, uh, Michigan. So coaches felt, you know, every coach has an ego. So they felt, who is this guy? You know, he's teaching you quarterback stuff, and I don't know who he is and, and whatnot. And, you know, and it was always an issue, right, um, as far as what is he teaching you? And, um, I can teach you that. Um, as, as I begin to, to get a name and you start getting articles and ESPN and all stuff um, and Bleacher Reports, what happened is, you know, it started to build some trust. And I started to do my due diligence and go shake hands and meet them personally and let them know, hey, you know, I, I want to be, I want to help you. Like, like, let me help you win, you know, for all teams, you know. And, and the quarterback is a field general. And, and typically when you have a good quarterback, you got a good chance of winning. Um, so... I build personal relationships. I try. I build individual programs for schools. Uh, you know, proper practice, EDDs, everyday drills. Um, I do, you know, meetings for coaches. I do uh, uh, trainings, clinics. Uh, they ask any question they want, and um, I answer the best of my ability. And if there's any question um, that I couldn't answer, I can find an answer for. When you have kind of your higher achieving players, such as you've mentioned, and they start having coaches come around to look at them at their at their schools and whatnot, 
what do you counsel them to look for in coaches at the college level or really more broadly in the programs they're looking at? Well, we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of kids go to school, uh, whether it's Division One, Division II. Um, my biggest thing is don't chase the logo. Uh, that's one of my terms, don't chase the logo. A lot of kids, um, you know, chase logos. You know, if Alabama comes in and, and you know, say a Western Michigan comes in, uh, you know, they tend to, some kids or families tend to turn their, um, you know, nose up at, you know, Western Michigan because it's a Mac school versus SEC school. And um, so I coach them up, my guys up on that early. I say you have to know where they love you more than you love them. Well, ultimately, in terms of a coach, just know it's a business. Um, their job is to sell. Their job is to come in and sell you on the school. Their job is to tell you everything good. You know, everything's great. Um, and my, one of my favorite questions to, to tell my guys to ask is, what don't you like at the school? And I think if any coach tells them that they don't, they like everything at a school, that's not the place for you. They're lying to you. You know, there's something that they don't like, whether it's it's uh, something on, on campus, whether it's the surrounding area, whether it's, um, you know, just the atmosphere, whether it's the, the eth- uh, ethnicity ratio, whatever it is, it's something that they don't like. And uh, you need to find that out. And, and you got to go where it's a good fit for you. Uh, don't be afraid of competition, but ultimately, um, you know, make a business decision. This question is kind of related to that one. Just my last question for you, Donnie, and I sure appreciate you taking the time. Um, it sounds like the odds for a lot of kids aren't great to make, you know, big time college or pros. Do you, do you have sometimes from time to time kids who you view as success stories that maybe they weren't football successes, but when you look back at your time with them, you could say that was that was a worthwhile experience for us. Yes. Yes, definitely. I have a kid right now, um, Spencer McCourt. Uh, he's a, a, a GA at Bowling Green right now. Um, man, um, you know, just, just get your head when you think of him. Um, he was an awesome kid. Uh, the kid is only 5'9". Um, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. Uh, attention to details there. Can spin the ball, can play. I knew he wasn't going to go big time. Uh Played, uh, you know, uh, low minutes at uh, at Northwood University. After he got out, he said, "Coach, I want to be a coach." I already knew it. You know, when you, when you're training a guy, you can tell, like, you know, when he's he, when he's all in. You know, all his chips are in, and he, he wants more. He wants more. He asks the right questions. And when I say the right questions, he's asked, and there's no question that's the right question, but he's asking those questions that you know he's engaged. Um, he's doing a little bit more. He's digging a little deeper than than. In most, and he was that. Um, I think Spencer or, or, or will one day coach in the pros um, or at a high end head coach. Um, and he's one of those success stories that you say, you know what, you made a difference. He talks to me today, like coach. It's crazy that you were teaching some of this stuff when I was, you know, twelve, you know, thirteen. And uh, that's one of my philosophies. I teach uh, young kids, you know, on a higher end because technology. I, I believe they can learn. It. And, and um, you know, it's not can they learn it, it's can you teach it. So that's kind of my success story for you. That's a that's a uh, great example of how your training is not just kind of a technical or physical training. It's the the thinking the game part. It sounds like definitely. No, it's huge for me. That, I always tell my guys that ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. They have to have to um, understand because so many kids. Um, 
Honestly, Peter, they 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 uh, they watch film, but they don't but they don't know how to watch film, right? So you, it's almost like you're you're watching plays happen. You're watching the end result without knowing the inner workings of why and when, and being able to anticipate. And anticipation is one of the biggest strengths the quarterback can have is anticipation. Understand that's why Peyton Manning the greats are good because they anticipate so well. They film so it's almost like deja vu. Like I've saw this before. You know, and they're running the playback before the play even happens. Understanding what's going to happen based on alignment, based on spacing, based on windows. You know, based on body language, based on you know. I even talk about defensive coordinators having tendencies. I break down defensive coordinators with my guys to let them know when they're going to do it, why they're going to do it. And everybody has a tendency, including myself. And once you find those tendencies, you you gotta you gotta strike fast because coaches sometimes good coaches are going to try to break them, but a lot of times. In high school football, they're going to break their tendencies. They're going to stay with it. And that's how our kids have been successful. Donnie, how do you get better? It sounds like you've been training since you were just a young kid. Are you are you still learning? What are you working on? Continuous learning, man. That's one of my, I believe once you believe you know it all, that's the beginning of the end. Okay? And um, I can I continue just to I, I can consult with uh, Scott Leffler, uh, Pep Hamilton. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I listen to guys – so Leffler, Coach Brady, um, and, and, and Pep uh, was with Andrew Luck um, and Peyton, those guys, and Breeze and Saints. So, so I, I, I continuously listen to guys who've coached at the highest level and, um, you know, I just take notes and just listen. I just say, hey, just give me all you got. And uh, I just continue to learn every day. You know, I believe I can learn something from anyone. And uh, just the ideologies and theories about behind things where – you know, where to hold the football, is pocket pressure, should you clear the front foot or back foot, why is it more advantageous, different arm angle throws, should we practice that with young kids or old kids, is that bad mechanics? And and then I, I put my own, what I call my own sauce on it, where I, I look at a kid and say, you know what, you know, some kids are natural throwers, okay, so how, how important is throwing motion, right? Is the biggest thing, you know, getting from A to B on time, or is, is the biggest thing how pretty or but but it is, uh, in my opinion, it is a particular throwing motion you're looking for. And the biggest way, the best way I can put it is more compact. The more compact and smooth it is, the more efficient. Uh, you don't want anything too long. But and so I don't want to go too deep into the football aspect. But but yeah, man, I'm, I'm a what you call a film junkie, a 